Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Why don't you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name for every person that's here today. Lord God, I really believe that you've got something to say to every person in this place. And Lord God, we haven't come in this place to simply be entertained, Lord, although there's nothing wrong with that. Lord God, we've come to really hear your voice. And Father God, I pray that every person in this place would hear your voice tonight in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, most of us would know the very familiar story of the children of Israel being held captive um, in Egypt, and then God tells Moses to go deliver his people. Are we all familiar with that story, everyone? Yeah, I'm sure you've heard many messages about it, and it's a very powerful story. And, uh, well, an account. It's not just a story. It's an account of what happened. And, um, but, you know, that's, it's a really interesting uh, time for the children of Israel. So Moses is there, and he says to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no. Fair enough. And so then he holds up his staff and does a whole lot of miracles and plagues. And, uh, and so eventually, Pharaoh is brought down to his knees. And he says, okay. He says, they don't have to make bricks anymore. But maybe you can just make your sacrifices like just down the road, just here somewhere. And, and Moses says, no, that's not good enough. And so another few plagues come along. And again, Mo, uh, Pharaoh is brought to his knees and the verse that I want you to have a look at is found in Exodus 8. It'll be up on the screens if it's in your Bibles. Um, it is in your Bibles. It's not if it's in your Bibles. It is in your Bibles. But if you've got your Bibles, it says this. It says this. This is Pharaoh speaking. He says, all right, go ahead, Pharaoh replied. I will let you go into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord your God. But don't go too far away. Now hurry and pray for me. Don't go too far away. Pharaoh says, listen, I can't really stop you guys from sacrificing to your God. And that would be salvation to us. You know, the devil can't stop us from becoming Christians. You know that, right? Yeah. He, you know, he can't stop you from making a decision in your heart to follow Jesus. I mean, he can try and bring obstacles against you and those sort of things. But I've got to tell you something. That's not the thing that he fears the most. The devil doesn't fear you becoming a Christian the most. What he actually fears is you and I going too far with this thing. To be quite honest with you, our whole nation is full of people that have maybe accepted Christ to some degree in their life. On the census... A lot of people would write that they are Christians. The devil doesn't fear that. What he fears is someone, a guy, a girl, an older person, a younger person, taking this thing a little bit too far. And that's what I want to speak to you guys about tonight. And I want you to open up your heart and don't treat this service like any other service that you may have encountered. Actually, you shouldn't do that anyway. No matter, who, no matter where you go or who you're listening to, always be open to what God has to say to you tonight. But I tell you something, I, I want to do something maybe a little bit different. Maybe you guys do this all the time, but it's a little bit different in most churches that I go to. And 
I'm going to challenge everybody in this place to take this Christianity thing too far. Do you know, if the children of Israel had have accepted Pharaoh's little deal here, the children of Israel wouldn't have not ended up in the promised land. If they had have said, well, you know what, it's better than, I mean, if we can just get out of Egypt for a little while, just go three days down the road and, and, and have some sacrifices, that should be okay. But, you know, they wouldn't have ended up where God wanted them to be. And I want to challenge us in this place. I don't believe people end up in the promised land that God's got for their life unless you take this thing too far. Do you know, if you just do the minimum, the bare minimum in Christianity, like, you know, just pray a little bit and maybe just read a little bit of the Bible and go to church on Sundays maybe if it's not inconvenient, I don't believe that's what gets you into your promised land as a Christian. And the enemy is not afraid of people that, that, that name them, the, the name of Christ. He's worried about people who take this thing too far. And I'm going to really explain that to you in a moment. Then at the end of this, we're going to pray. And we're going to have an altar call. And I'm, listen, let me warn you right now, this altar call is not for everybody. You know, some, you know, some altar calls, it's like it's for everybody. I'm telling you now, if one person comes down for this altar call, I'll be so excited about that. I'm dead serious. And you'll see why in a moment. You'll see why. But if one person came forward, I would go, what a complete success that is. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You'll see what I mean. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9 says this. It says, for God saved us. Everyone say saved us. Yeah. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. Is there anyone in this room that is saved? Anybody? Put, yep, there's a few of you. I want to tell you right now, the Bible is telling you that the day you got saved, you didn't just get saved, you also got called. There is not a person from the front to the back, side to side, who put their hand up and said that I am saved, who can honestly look me in the eye and say, Pastor Richard, I'm saved, but I don't feel that I'm called. The Bible says we all are. Every single person in this room has got a call from God. But did you know that you could be saved and not find your call? And the reason why some people are saved and they don't find their call is because they actually make a deal with Pharaoh to not take this thing too far. Is this okay? Sorry, if some of you are saying, bring back the happy preacher from this morning. No, this is, this is happy preaching. This is why a lot of people eventually fall away from Christianity, because if you don't know your purpose in the Lord, then you will fall away from him. Because it's like, well, I don't even know what I'm doing here. It's like trying to play a game of footy, but you don't even know the rules. You'll end up doing things and kicking footballs in areas that you shouldn't be because you don't quite know what it is that you're meant to be doing. Did you know that when you look at the Bible, every person that we read about in this Bible, that we hear about in Sunday school all the way through to Hillsong Conference, every person that we read about in this place that we admire, that we think, wow, you're awesome, every hero of the faith in the Word of God took it too far. Every single person took it too far. Wouldn't, isn't that the complete truth? Let's talk about some of these people. What about Noah? Do you think Noah took it a little bit too far? God says to him, Noah, go and build a boat. And he would have said, what's that? Because the Bible says it had never rained. Did you know that? The Bible says it didn't rain. It hadn't rained because God used to water the earth with a dew. That's, that's what it says. It's no windy water and he's building a boat. I don't think he would have built that boat in 30 days 
or 60 days, I think it would have taken him years and years and years of, listen, of building something that people would have walked up to him and said, what are you doing? And he would have said, I've got no idea. What, what are you thinking is going to happen? I don't know. What are you building? I'm building a boat. I'm going to get some animals. How are you going to get the animals here? I've got no idea. And don't you think people would have mocked him and laughed and had a bit of a, bit of a carry on? But I tell you what, there was a day when he finished the ark that a drop of water fell on his head. And he went, ooh, what's that? And then there was another drop. And then all of a sudden there were little puddles. And you know what? The very thing that he built was the very thing that saved his life. The very thing that saved his life. By the way, by the way, just, just for us in this room, just a little bit of a secret. You know, if Noah, if Noah had have just stared at the ark and sang songs about the ark, Oh, ark, you are so wonderful. Look how big you are. He, he could have done that. And, you know, they could have made little arcs and put it around their neck, right? And, hey, look at my ark. And, you know, they could have had a deep DVD about the ark. They could have had pictures about the ark. They could have knelt in front of the ark. It was only if you actually got onto the ark that you actually got saved. Yeah, some people need to hear that. Yeah, it's not about singing to the ark and just sort of having pictures around your neck about the ark. You actually got to get in the thing. Amen? Noah took it too far, but I'm, I, I bet you on the day that, that the flood started to come down and rise, I think he was really glad that he took it too far. Amen? And I want to tell you right now, there's some young people in this place, there's some older people in this place, and I, want to, I just want to ask the question, when was the last time someone said to you, you know what, I know you're a Christian, but you take this thing too far. I want to tell you right now, that's the greatest compliment someone could give you. Yeah. If no one is challenging, if no one's ever saying to you, you're taking this thing too far, well then maybe you're not taking it too far. And I want to challenge all of us. I think you actually start to enjoy this thing. I think you actually start to see the power of God in your life. I think you start to see people saved when you actually start taking this thing a little bit too far. Amen? Amen. Does anyone agree with me in this place? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, I think I reckon they took it a little bit too far. You know, the king just said, listen, when, when the statue comes down the road and the music starts to play, all you've got to do is bow down for a few minutes, let the statue pass you by, bow down to it, and then you can all stand up again and, and get back to your workplace. Well, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were standing around and the statue came down the road and what did they decide to do? They decided to take it too far. And they just stood there. No, we're not going to bow down to this thing. No, we don't believe in that. And you could just imagine all the people around them that were all bowing down. They would have been looking up at them saying, Shadrach, Meshach, man, just bow down, guys. Just bow down for a couple of minutes. Everyone's doing it. Ooh. Have, have you heard that one before? But everyone's doing it. Yes, everybody was bowing down. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, we're not doing this. No, we're not doing it. They took it a little bit too far. Do you know where they ended up because of that? They ended up in a fire. But do you know who showed up in the fire? It says, one who was like the Son of Man. Jesus showed up in the fire. I don't know about you, but I actually want to meet with Jesus. That's the whole reason I became a Christian. And you know, sometimes the only place you actually meet him is actually when you take this thing a little bit too far. And when you're feeling all alone and there's no one else that's actually living for God, when everyone else just seems to be doing all the wrong things and you're the only person that seems to be doing the right thing, I think that's where Jesus meets you. Amen. I tell you what, we need a little bit of a shaking up right across our nation. We need people to rise up and take this thing a little bit, repeat after me, too far. Amen. Turn to the person beside you and say, come on, let's take this thing too far. Let's take this thing too far. Let's take this thing too far. 
How about the Apostle Peter? He wanted to be with Jesus so much that he started walking on water. How many of you think that he took it too far? Yeah, Yeah, I reckon he took it too far. And then you know what? And then then he turns around to Jesus one day and Jesus says, you know what, guys, I'm going to go and die on a cross. I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to go die. And Peter says to him, relax. You're taking this thing too far. Come on, Jesus, we've got a couple of conferences to run, man. We've got DVD packs just about to come out. What are we doing, man? You're an author. You're a best-selling author. You're a miracle working. Come on, Dan Murphy's are calling us. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Things are happening around here. And Jesus says, no, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go die on a cross and stuff. And Peter says, you're taking this thing too far. And what does Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. I'm going to take this thing too far. Come on, that's our challenge to us tonight. Who, who, who's, is, is anyone saying to you, man, I think, you know, I know you're a Christian, but gee, you take this thing too far. Or if no one ever says that, then maybe we've got to ask ourselves a question. How about Jesus on the cross? He's being crucified. People are swearing at him. They're cursing him and they're blaspheming and they're mocking him. And Jesus on a cross says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. How about that for taking that too far? You know, I mean, mate, if someone just cuts me off, I want to kill them. Now, come on, let's be honest. If, someone, if I don't get the car park that I'm after, I feel like hurting somebody. Don't leave me hanging there. Look, you're all looking all holy. Come on, come on. Seriously, come on, we all get upset. And Jesus is on a cross and he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Hey, do you know, these, these, in the old days, I think most of us, I think I can say this confidently, most of us um, are not that old that we would have been catching steam engines you know, steam, steam, would that, would that be okay? For, is, is that what they call locomotives, you know? Okay. But so let me just give you a little bit of insight as to how these things work. There's a big boiling, there's, there's, there's a big boiler there and the boiler has got like flames underneath it and the way that you get coal and you shovel coal in there, fire, and then it's, it, it boils the water. Do you know what has to happen before that train starts to move? The water has to boil and then it turns into steam and it's steam that moves it along the tracks right but you know the the water only boils at 100 degrees if that water gets to 96 degrees that train's going nowhere i'm going to say that again if that train if that water gets to 96 degrees gee that's that's pretty hot yeah but it won't get the train moving it's only when it gets to 100 degrees when this thing is really on fire, that all of a sudden it starts to turn into steam and all of a sudden this thing starts to roll down the tracks. I want to tell you something. It's when your faith level and your commitment to Jesus is at 100 degrees. When you're burning hot, that's when this Christianity thing gets exciting. Uh, come on, church. That's when it gets real exciting. And that's what I decided. I decided as a young man, I was 16 years old. I wasn't always a Christian. I became a Christian. You, you realize that you have to become a Christian, right? Going to McDonald's doesn't make you a hamburger, okay? Yeah, right? Going to church does not make you a Christian. You've got to become a Christian, okay? I gave my life to Christ and I decided if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do it. If I'm going to do this thing, let me phrase it to you differently. I'm going to go too far. So I used to be a lead singer in a band. We used to sing a bit of Bon Jovi, a little bit of Van Halen, yeah, yeah, a little bit of that, and um, what else did we used to do? I don't know, everything that was really demonic, right? And, um, 
And so I used to sing in bands and in pubs and, and, and sort of do all those things. I wasn't even allowed to be there because I was really young. And, uh, but I would be in there because my mum used to be a singer. And so, you know, that, so we used to rock it out a little bit. So anyway, then this guy gets saved. I get saved. And I think, okay, so now what am I going to do? Well, I start, you know, reading the word. And, and then one day, one day, a group of friends... We all went to this place called Spaghetti Graffiti. Does anyone remember a place called Spaghetti Graffiti? It was in Carlton. Yeah, you remember it. And it was like a karaoke bar slash spaghetti bar. And so we're all just there, just sort of having some spaghetti and, you know, eating down there. And, and all of a sudden they're like, well, ladies and gentlemen, it's the karaoke time. Who wants to, you know, so all my friends are, come on, go up. I'm like, no, man, I'm a Christian now. I'm a Christian now. They're like, come on, get up. So I get up there, and so different people get up, and I get up there, and I just I do Bon Jovi, man. Shut through the heart, you're to blame, darling. Okay, <laughs> all right, okay. Yeah, either too old or too young. Sorry, you missed that. All right. So any, anyway, they have the whole applause meter as to who wins, and then you sort of get given a free meal or something, and so it was, you know, and who thinks that, you know, Cherie, and, and, and what about this guy here, this Lebanese boy? And I actually won. I did. I won the night. So the prize was you actually got to sing another song, right? Right. So so I get up there again. Now remember, I want to take this thing too far. So I'm walking up there and I'm thinking, what am I going to do now? If I just do another Bon Jovi number or Van Halen number, that's not going to help the world. So I thought, I know what I'm going to do. I was listening to this character. His name was Keith Green. Now, if you're too, if you're young, you wouldn't know who who he is. But he he was he was like this prophetic music guy, right? Song, singer, songwriter, and he has this song called "The Altar Call." Anyone heard of the song called "The Altar Call," right? And it's it's like it's it's like someone's just preaching at you with just a little bit of music in the background, <laughs> pretty much, right? Let's be honest, right? And the lyrics go something like this: It's like, so I get up there, right? And it's like, um, well, obviously we've got no music because no one knows the song, the music to that song. So so I just start singing it a cappella. All by myself. Most people don't find out till it's too late that someone has to pay the price. You can pay it yourself or let someone else. And it was just like that. (laughs) People are like... Anyway, it gets to the end and there's a whole altar call and, and it's like, and, and, and it gets to the end and basically the song says, listen, if you don't get to know him now, you're going to meet him one day, but by then it will be too late. And the crowd's just like, and if I had been a little bit, if it had happened now, I just would have grabbed the mic and gone and just dropped the mic. But it was before that time. So I just went, thank you. Now, I wish they were laughing, but it was like, it was the biggest mood killer you've ever seen in your life. Like, I'm going to tell you straight, it, it killed, killed the whole place, right? But anyway, I go back to my to my seat and, and sit there and because I'm just trying to have a go for God. You're hearing what I'm saying? Hear my heart here. Was it the right thing to do? I don't know. But eventually, like the music comes back on really quietly and eventually ends up, you know, it's like, what was that? You know what I mean? Anyway, we're all eating our spaghetti meatballs again. My wife's looking at me like, well done, hon. And you know, and I'm like, my heart's beating. Anyway, this guy walks over and he goes, mate, I know it's church, but can I just tell you what he said? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave the real bad ones out but I'll just tell you that he goes mate that was ballsy I went thanks mate well you know what that guy's pastoring a church now in Queensland so no I'm only joking no I wish I could tell you that I wish I could tell I don't know what God did from that night but all I'm telling you is my heart was to take this thing a little bit too far but I tell you who was watching me that night Jesus 
And today I'm living my dream. I'm pastoring a church. People are getting saved. You know what? We weren't even at our church today. And I can say this with humility and excitement. But, you know, what was I telling you? Twelve people got saved today in our church. Twelve people. And you know what's great? I wasn't there to have to be the guy that... Interns were preaching and 12 people got saved in our church today. Isn't that awesome? 12 people gave their lives to Christ. And I think God saw someone who just wanted to see people get saved. And so God set me on a journey. I got into my promised land because I was willing to take this thing too far. Give someone a high five beside you and come on, let's take this thing too far. Take this thing too far. Hey, mediocrity has never built anything of significance. Doing the bare minimum has never built anything great. Are you hearing me, church? Seriously. Come on, nothing has ever happened without someone taking this thing too far. I was accused by my friends, by my family that I'm taking this thing too far. But now they look at me and they say, wow, you're really living your dream. How did I end up there? Because I was willing to take it too far. I want to I put a challenge out there. Come on, what are we doing for Jesus? What are we doing for him? Because he went too far for you and me. But I think he's waiting for us to take it too far so that we can get into our destiny. And for some of us, we get really frustrated. We don't quite know what we're doing in life. But this is our answer. And for some of us, it's just like, no, but, you know, I've been told that I've got to, you know, A and then B and then C and then D and I've got to get a house and I've got to do that. All these things are important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've got to save and I've got to have super and then I've got to die. And we've got to make sure that we die safely. <laughs> I'm serious. For some of us, the biggest goal is just to make sure that we die really well. I, I want to tell you now, there's more to life, friend. Yeah. There is more to life. And I don't, I'm telling you, I'm, I might be speaking to one person here tonight. I want to tell you something. If you're thinking about taking this thing too far, you're not the only person. Don't, don't, don't worry about the person either side of you because maybe they're not willing to take it too far. And that's okay because we're not here to judge anybody. All I'm wondering, is there anyone in this room that's willing to take this thing too far for Jesus? Is there anybody? Can I just have that just for a moment? It's not because I'm sweating too much, but you'll see why I, I need this in a moment. James chapter 4, verses 13 to 14. Let's, let's, let's read this together. It says, now listen. Everybody listening? Because James, James is telling you to listen, not me, right? He says, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city and spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why? Do you not even know what will happen? So you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. James is saying, hey guys, I know that you're really planning your lives really well. But he's trying to remind you that when God looks at your life, God sees it like this. You're born, you die. And somewhere in there, you studied and you found a girl and it didn't quite work out. And, and, then, she, you know, and, the, and then that happened. And you had a car accident. And then you got angry at God. And then you fell away for a little while. And then you came back and then your life's over. Maybe you're one of these sort of Chinese guys that lives until you're 120. So maybe you'll go for one like that. But that's a pretty much about it. And let's be honest, some people's lives are just... That's true too, isn't it? Well, I'm just... You know what? I don't know which one of those you are, whether you're that or whether you're that. But either way, it's not very long. And then we stand before Jesus and say, Lord, I'm home. 
And the Lord would say, that's great. Smells good, doesn't it? Everyone's loving that smell. Well, yeah, it's just a great... Actually, that was just a great way to get the place smelling good, to be honest, right? Because, you know, too much worship with hands going up like that and underarm. I'm going to walk around later with our next song. And Hey, guys, are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, here we are planning our lives, and God says, your life is just a mist. It's a mist. And this, is, and this is what I want to put out there today. You know what? We have done very well. There has been a swing. You know, in the, in the 1500s and the 1600s, um, the Catholic Church um, basically introduced this thing where basically the, the priests were special people and we were all like nothing, right? And that wasn't a great era. We all know that. And so what's happened is now we've swung all the way over here where, where now it's like, hey, come on, you can serve God wherever you're at. Amen. We are all kings and priests for God. You know, we've heard that, haven't we? Come on, let's serve God in our schools. Let's serve God in our workplace. Let's serve. And listen, I love that teaching because it's, it's released the members of every church to serve God. Isn't that great? But I think what we've done is we've swung so far over that now we've forgotten. But there are some people who God calls and he says, I want you to step away from your fishing boat. Come on, church. There are some people that God says, I want you to step away from that and I want you to serve me. And I want you to drop your net and I want you to follow me. And for some of you, it means you've got to leave what you're doing and it means go, go to Bible college and go get trained up and take this thing a little bit too far to the point where some people say, I think you're being a bit crazy about this. And then you go, yes, I'm on track. Pastor Richard said that would happen. Now, come on, there's got to be something. i tell you what, otherwise we're going to have a whole lot of lawyers for Jesus and a whole lot of waitresses for Jesus and a whole lot of panel beaters for Jesus, but we're not going to have any pastors. Come on, where are the preachers? Where are the evangelists? Where's the prophets? Of course they're already out there and people are serving God in the workplace. Awesome. But it shouldn't be either or, it's and. And there are some people, I had a great little government job working at Pentridge Prison, believe it or not. I think God was trying to warn me, this is where you could end up. I was working at Pentridge Prison, a little cushy job. My work was all done by 11.30. All done. Then I just put my feet up and play guitar all day. And then God had to take this thing too far and says, go to Bible college. And I remember going to my cousin who was actually running the prison. And by the name, his name is Fred Warden. Seriously. I'm not joking. That's his name, Fred Warden. And I said, Fred, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave the job. He goes, Cars, why? I said, because... I just feel this call. He goes, man, can't you just love God just like we all do? Because, you know, he thinks, you know, and, and just like, why do you have to take this thing? Seriously, this is what he said. Why do you have to take this thing too far? So I got into Bible college and to this day, he still, he still thinks, what are you doing? To this day, he still looks at me like, but I, knew, I know what God is doing. I know what God is doing. God's getting 12 people saved in a church that we planted out of nothing but by God's grace, we gathered a team together and now there's a whole church functioning. Now we've got an East Campus as well. And you know what? We're about to plant some stuff overseas and internationally. All for the sake of the kingdom. But I'll tell you what, God is asking today, are you willing to take this thing too far? You know, so, listen, some of you, I'm looking around the room, some of you are taking this thing too far. You've come to two services on a Sunday. Like, you're taking this thing a bit too far, but go you! But Jennifer, some people are like, what? You go to church twice. I haven't, even been to, I haven't been to church twice in a year. And you guys are doing it twice in one day? Yeah, you're taking it too far. I'm just wondering, is there anyone in this room that is willing to answer the call to take this thing too far? Because I tell you what, the day that those disciples, when John and his brother, when they dropped those nets, when Peter dropped his nets, do you know what? If you had been walking along the beach, you wouldn't have heard those nets drop into the sand. But you know, in heaven, 
it was like a thunderous crash as some people decided, I'm going to leave that behind and I'm going to follow that man. Those 12 people, guys, changed the world. We are Christians today because of those 12 men. Are you hearing this? We are Christians today because someone said, this is so important, I'm going to leave this behind. And listen, you are not a crazy person if you decide to do the same thing. Amen? And, it's, and you know what? It's time that some people spoke like this. You're not a crazy person. I'm not a crazy person for deciding to leave a little cushy job over there that paid $70,000 a year to do what I'm doing today. And you know what? Please don't feel sorry for me. I love my life. I love it. Now, I'm telling you, this is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. But I'll tell you what is it for everybody. Everyone's called. Every person is called. I don't know what your call is. You do. But whatever it is, don't think. But that's taking it too far. Don't let that stop you. If you think, oh, but that would be taking it too far. No, no, it probably sounds like God, actually. Yeah. If it feels like you're taking it too far. Is anybody with me? Yeah. Do you know what? I'm not expecting you to be clapping and shouting because, you know what? This is a heart thing. This is a let's get serious about this thing. Hey, this isn't, we're just trying to make people's lives a little bit better. I, I hope today that the 12 people who gave their life to Christ, I hope that they didn't think we're just trying to make their life a little bit better. I'm trying to rescue them from the gates of hell. And they don't probably even realize what they did today. But if they were genuine, today, heaven is partying because 12 people and one person this morning in this church, right there, right, right there, a young man put his hand up today for the first time. Today, in this church, heaven's partying today because someone was rescued from the gates of hell. But why? Because there's a couple over here that are taking this thing too far. Amen? Come on, let's give them a huge round of applause. Let's give him a huge round of applause. And some of you are thinking, you know what, Pastor Rich, I'd love to do that, but I just don't think I would make the team. I don't think, I would, I don't think Jesus would put me on his team, to be honest, because I've got a little bit of history. I'm not very smart. You know, I don't dress that well. I don't speak that well. Come on, let's be honest. Some of us think, well, I'd love to do that, but I can't do what you do, and... I would never be a part of the team. Well, let's just have a look at, you know, Jesus did assemble a team at some stage, didn't he? Yeah. So here's Jesus. He's, he's going solo. He just gets told that he's, you know, this is my beloved. This is my beloved son in whom I am well. Right? He just has that moment. So now Jesus starts trying to build his team. Is that right? So Jesus is walking along. He's just been praying to God about who we should have on his team. And a guy like this just walks up <laughs> like that. Yeah. Just like that. He would have locked that. You can start playing. No, you start, you start. And you know what? A guy like that would have just walked up. And I believe, you know, Jesus was surrounded by angels. And I reckon that one of those angels would have been like a little PA angel. Jesus would have had a PA angel, surely. Right? You know, little, can you imagine a little, just I've imagined like a little girl angel with little glasses like that, you know, with, with her little clipboard. And I reckon Jesus would have been walking along and he would have gone, okay, Lord, what are we doing? And God would have said to him, Jesus, it's up to you. And so he would have said, PA Angel, who's that guy? She would have said, um, that's Peter. And he would have gone, oh, yeah, tell me a little bit about him. She would have gone, well, um, okay, well, he's going to completely undermine your teaching about turning the other cheek. And when you really need him the most, um, he's going to actually deny you three times. Really? Yeah. Oh, and at once, at some stage, you actually refer to him as Satan. 
Satan. Mm, Satan. Jesus would have gone, put him on the team. Angels like, really? Put him, put him on, put him on. Then they would have kept walking around. Who's that guy? Um, that's Matthew. Oh, tell me a little bit about Matthew. Um, well, Matthew, he actually steals from his own people, the Jews, and he collects taxes for the enemy, the Romans. Really, steals from his own people, the Jews. Yeah. All right, put him on the team. That's who Jesus chose. Next person. Who's that guy? That's Simon. Simon who? Oh, Simon the Zealot. Oh, tell me about him. Um, Simon actually kills people like Matthew. That's what he did. You know that, right? Simon used to kill people like Matthew, the tax collector. And Jesus says, put him on the team. Who's that guy? That's Thomas. Tell me a little bit about Thomas. Uh, Thomas is not going to believe a word you say. Put him on the team. Who's that guy? Uh, that's the Apostle Paul. Tell me about Paul. Uh, do you know your memo about thou shalt not kill? Yeah, he didn't get it. He's going to kill everybody around here. Hide your kids, hide your wife. He's killing everybody out here. Yeah, put him on the team. Who's that guy? Listen to this. Listen to this. Who's that guy? Oh, that's Judas. Oh, tell me a little bit about Judas. Um, he's going to steal from you. And ultimately, he's going to be responsible for your death. That guy. Yeah, put him on the team. And you think he won't put you on your team, on his team, because you're so bad. No, no, Jesus will put you on the team. I think what he's wondering is, do you want to be on the team? Do you want to be on the team? Because he wants you on the team. So this is my call. This is my call to you right now. I've got the whole team up here because we're going to have a bit of time of ministry right now because let me tell you something. And I think we all know where this is going. And the funny preacher is saying something pretty serious tonight and that is this. Actually, it's not serious. It's, it's actually quite relieving. This is, this, is, this, is the, this is the call. My prayer tonight was, God, I pray that somebody in this room at some stage will say, I remember the day I answered the call and tonight was that night because you deserve that. Everyone deserves to have that time when they said, I remember that day that I dropped my nets. Now listen, I'm, I'm not telling you to leave your job tomorrow. For some of you, that may be what Jesus tells you to do. Just listen to Him, by the way. Listen to Him. Actually, that's all I'm telling you to do. Don't worry about what the world says. Listen to Him. And if He says, come follow me, you drop your net and you follow Him. It might take you a month. It might take you two years to do that. But I'm just wondering if is there anyone in this room that just wants to get to heaven and say, Lord, I answered the call. The call that you put on my life, I answered it, Lord. Rather than, yeah, gee, I missed it, didn't I? Pharaoh got me. Pharaoh got me with his, okay, be a Christian, but just don't go too far. Is there anyone in this room that is willing to take this thing too far? Now, I know what's happening right now. For some people in this room, you're saying, but I'm too young to answer that call. Well, King Josiah became king at eight years old. He was a king of a nation at eight. So if you're younger than eight, I'll let you off. Oh, great, I'm glad he said that because I'm too old. Well, Moses started leading the children of Israel at 80 years old. Started, he started ministry at 80. 
So I think I've got you there too. What I'm trying to say is, guys, until you take your final breath, God hasn't stopped working with you. God's got something for you to do. It might not be major in the world's eyes, but it's major in His. It doesn't mean starting a church. It could be being an RE teacher at a school and saving some young people. Amen. I don't know what it is, but God's got a call for every person in this place. So I'm just going to ask you to stand with me. We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.